0: Quote, climate change's causes and dangers are no longer subject to serious doubt. Modern science is, quote, unequivocal that human influence, end quote, in particular, the emissions of greenhouse gases like carbon dioxide, quote, has warmed the atmosphere, ocean and land, end quote. Justice Elena Kagan in her dissent in West Virginia versus EPA. Hi, I'm Dusty. And I'm Mike. And welcome to Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast. The podcast that brings you one hiking trail and one national park, one park at a time. Well, well,
1: well, 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 well. Nope, too many wells. We are back with a bonus episode on our summer hiatus between seasons four and five.
0: That's right. And there was a ton that happened at the end of season four in the news that related specifically to SCOTUS and the environment. And we really wanted to take some time to digest that, give some context, and talk about the literal hot mess that is climate policy in the United States at this moment in time. If you're joining us for
1: the first time, welcome. As Mike said, we are the podcast that brings you one hiking trail and one national park, one park at a time. But in between our full-length episodes that do just that, we have trail
0: mix episodes. Trail mix episodes cover a variety of topics, but mostly relate to the parks, the environment, social justice, the rights of indigenous people, and a variety of other topics important to the both of us in the scope of our show.
1: That's right. We also cover LGBTQIA plus topics throughout our time together and very specifically in June for Pride Month. That's when all of our trail mix episodes become Pride Mix episodes. This season, we spent a fair amount of time looking at queer legal history, and that definitely had us more attuned to what was happening with SCOTUS and the decisions that were being handed down this year.
0: It goes without saying that some incredibly radical decisions were made this past year that were in direct opposition to the way in which, while under oath, now justices said specific rulings were super precedent, or in other words, law based off of decades of rulings and precedents that have followed since their original, favorable ruling.
1: And that these radical decisions have not only stripped away rights and worked toward dehumanization, attack on body autonomy, and criminalization of privacy and right of choice, based off not what was super precedent or what has been shown time and time again, both in data and voting records, the will of the majority, but instead and seemingly nefariously based on biased opinions motivated by faith rather than fact.
0: These rulings, specifically in Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization, have shown some undeniable truth. That lies, manipulation, and malfeasance are not above those charged with lifetime appointments to the Supreme Court. That sweeping and radical rulings will be impactful despite of the will of the people. And that the will of the people, as seen through popular vote and population, infrequently have the majority outcome based on arcane rules, bodies, and term limits.
1: The state of our republic is quite precarious as we are living through bombshell moments in our history. A time when cruelty seems to outweigh what is sensible and compassionate, all in the name of capital. Capitalism or Christianity. Take your pick. But if I remember correctly, one of these should be more focused on the compassionate and less on the cruelty, unless I completely misunderstood my Catholicism growing up.
0: So here we are. And while this episode isn't about the Dobbs decision, as maddening and gutting as it has been, we do encourage you to learn how you can help, continue to advocate, and if you have it within your means, to donate to the National Network of Abortion Funds at abortionfunds.org. This episode, as stated earlier, investigates, reflects, and postures the future of climate change and the United States policy in curbing emissions and acting as a nation invested in the future of the planet. Specifically, we want to take some time in this episode to examine the decision of
1: West Virginia versus the EPA, and the new Sweeping Inflation Reduction Act 2022, and how this ruling and act have a play into the future of our planet. Okay, so Mike, when you heard about what was going on with the EPA and its reach to regulate greenhouse gas emissions, what were your initial thoughts aside from doom?
0: Well, I mean, doom was the first because doom is always the thing that comes to my mind when it thinks about the environment and where we're at, specifically this summer and the past few summers and the past few years with how hot and really unbearable... Conditions have been for so many people, not just in the United States, but around the world. So I think there was a real cause for alarm that whatever we had done for so many years, since the EPA, basically, since its inception, since the Clean Air Act, since the Clean Water Act were put into play, all of that seemed like it was now null and void in some ways. That there wasn't much hope to be had there. That we were really deciding our future in a very negative way. (laughs) How about you?
1: Well, it certainly was cause for alarm for me because I mean, it just seems like another example of let's make a law that benefits one very small group of people capitalistically, right? It's not a choice that is in the interest of planet and community. It is a choice that is in the interest of money making.
0: Yeah, essentially, what happened in West Virginia versus the EPA is that the court ruled against the EPA in its broad authority to regulate emissions from power plants, stating that the EPA was not directly given the authority by Congress, so it was actually unable to legally do so in the way it had been. That is the broadest strokes of the ruling. However, there is much to understand when it comes to how this unfolded as the EPA, like other agencies, is given broad reach because of their specific expertise.
1: According to the Roberts Court and the five justices that joined in the majority opinion, that is not the case. Roberts specifically stated that, quote, the agency instead must point to quote, clear congressional authorization, quote, for the power it claims, end quote. Roberts citing, among other things, that government organizations and entities cannot and do not have the power to do anything that may transform the economy unless the power is specifically and directly granted by Congress.
0: And as we know, Congress does a great job at agreeing, specifically when it comes to cataclysm or when people's lives literally hang in the balance. Forgetting for a minute that the existential threat of climate change is literally happening in real time and only getting exacerbated by inaction, this court has signaled that the economy and economic growth are more important than the lives of people and that they are certainly more important and much wiser than addressing the issue of climate change than an organization whose purview is just that, the state of the freaking environment. While the EPA Still has authority to regulate emissions from power plants,
1: its reach is not as far reaching as it once was. This is dangerous because much of what the EPA may rely on, as far as directed action from Congress, are laws that were in place prior to the explosive amount of carbon in the atmosphere. For example, When the Clean Air Act was passed in the 1970s, the act that gave the EPA much of its authority, the amount of carbon emissions in the atmosphere was 325 parts per million, while as of this past May, the amount of carbon emissions in the atmosphere was 422 parts per million. This number should never exceed 350 parts per million, and its devastating climb can be directly linked to the global temperature rise and climate change.
0: While Congress amended this act in 1990, no legislation with real teeth has passed to address carbon emissions since 2008. This is both troubling and a call to arms to better and more specifically enact legislation that gives greater authority, even if incrementally over time, to implement change and cut back on emissions in order to meet targeted goals in order to avert greater tragedy.
1: While all of this has doom and despair written all over it, it is worth noting that after decades of precedent and functioning government agency, that the high court would step in and regulate what had been working, and at the bare minimum, working toward curbing carbon in the atmosphere in favor of a more livable future. Enter the Major Questions Doctrine.
0: Now, the Major Questions Doctrine is nothing new. Essentially, the doctrine sets forth two important litmus tests when it comes to a government agency's reach. One, does the agency exceed authority where vast economic and political significance are considered? And two, has Congress clearly empowered this agency to have specific authority over the issue? And that becomes the crux, the specificity of. Of the authority. The major questions doctrine has been used before
1: in cases of the EPA in both regulation of air pollutants and regulation of emissions from motor vehicles. In the case of motor vehicle emissions, it was used both to empower and entreat the agency to utilize its authority, and in a later case, used to strike
0: down the authority of the EPA. That being said, and with this example at hand, it seems as though the utilization of the major questions doctrine seems less sacrosanct and more ambiguous in its use. If the goal is indeed to ensure agencies are not overstepping their bounds and to ensure the strictest interpretations of their charge in terms of specificity, how then is there wiggle room? The wiggle room comes in poorly defined congressional mandates toward agencies or
1: rather broad and less specific directives for the authority of an agency. That being said, it seems as though the court itself has not clearly defined if and when The major questions doctrine applies at all.
0: Quote, the subject matter of the regulation here makes the court's intervention all the more troubling. Whatever else this court may know about, it does not have a clue about how to address climate change. And let's say the obvious, the stakes are high. Yet the court today prevents congressionally authorized agency action to curb power plants' carbon dioxide emissions. The court appoints itself, instead of Congress or the expert agency, quote, the decision maker on climate policy, end quote. And I cannot think of many things more frightening. Respectfully, I dissent, end quote. Justice Elena Kagan in her dissent in West Virginia versus EPA.
1: Well, it's safe to say that this decision was a shot to the heart of anyone who has a deep care and concern for the environment and the future of the planet, especially because in Congress, talks seem to have hit a major stall on any climate legislation that would be impactful and would help to alter course from the worst of the coming catastrophe.
0: And as the court had reaffirmed in its decision in West Virginia versus EPA, Congress would be the government body poised to enact legislation when it came to climate change, despite the court's own insertion into the climate crisis with the use of their waffling and questionably used major questions doctrine.
1: Yet Congress, poised to pass a robust climate package, something Joe Biden had touted as a major pillar of his election platform, and something that would have reinstated hope for a better tomorrow, seemingly failed as well, when in early July 2022, Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia walked away from the deal, squandering the hopes of not just those in the United States, but the world over.
0: I mean, I just remember reading all these articles at the time that deal fell through, and basically... (laughs) (laughs) everyone was like well we're done basically and then you know just from climate scientists and scientists the world over just being like I can't believe this is what the United States would decide to do like we're still looking to the US to kind of carve a pathway, which maybe the world shouldn't be looking towards because we haven't had a great track record in the last few years slash in forever. (laughs) There's been a lot of things that really you know, I understand that we are a superpower quotes around that and eye roll is happening. Yeah, But I think a coalition of a lot of small nations could also, you know, be what is also impactful and needed. I feel like our policy and our politics prevent so much from happening so often, and especially when you have a high court that is seemingly very radicalized at the moment. Right,
1: right. I think the most American thing, if I will, is to be critical of democracy, right? And to be critical of the entire system. Yes. That is, I think, the defining thing of an American. I
0: think that's how America started, if I remember correctly. Sure.
1: Right? I do feel a little bit like, to use a teaching metaphor, uh, that America, I say with all of my, you know, like, vocal eye roll, (laughs) is like, you know, the popular kid in class who always gets called on first. Three other students can have the same idea, but the teacher doesn't hear it until America says it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I feel a little bit like, yeah. like as far as like our role in the ensemble of what are the other countries of the world. Sure. We have positioned ourselves in popularity and as a place where like, you know, anything can happen and that is welcoming to everybody. And obviously, it's filled with flaws. Oh, yeah, obviously. But there are other countries who have done Tremendous work as far as their own carbon footprint and Mm -hmm. their, and with emissions and in their own contribution to, um, or, you know, in hopes to have less contribution to climate change that we could learn from way sooner than what we're doing over here. And that's the part that I find frustrating. Well, that's that we,
0: the case for so many things, though. I oh, mean, look so at the education things. system. There's Absolutely. so many countries that are leaps and bounds ahead of us, and how we're not modeling after them and just continuing to trod down the same pathway all the time is like incredibly frustrating. I just
1: don't understand why we can't learn from American others.
0: exceptionalism and uniqueness Ugh. that is... Like the eye roll is incredible. Oh, like they've rolled it around in, starts in my toes
1: <laughs> and it ends somewhere thousands of miles away. Yeah, the yeah. eye roll. Like
0: I can't. Yeah. Even still, President Biden, despite calls for stronger executive action, took steps to ensure that the climate was not something that would be neglected. Stopping shy of declaring a climate emergency, Biden declared executive actions that work towards protecting communities from extreme heat, enabling lower costs for cooling for communities suffering from extreme heat, and in an effort to boost renewable energy, expanded offshore wind opportunities and jobs. While this was something, it was far from the dire
1: action needed. But with executive action only able to take the administration so far and the court's hobbling of the EPA and its impact on affecting change, the future this summer looked grim especially as drought, wildfire, and a host of other disasters felt like a prelude to things to come.
0: But somehow, in the span of a month, what was seemingly lost was just deferred, A separate talks had yielded a deal with Senator Manchin, and after some cajoling, Senator Cinema of Arizona too. Enter the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022.
1: So what actually is in the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022. Well, one of the most important things is that it addresses the rising cost of energy and impacts of climate change on every American. Along with that, the act will cut roughly 40% of emissions by the end of this decade. It has been lauded as the most significant piece of climate legislation in US history. And by the numbers, it seems
0: as though that this is the case. In the broad strokes, the act will lower energy costs for Americans, increase American energy security, invest in decarbonizing all sectors of the economy, focus investments into disadvantaged communities, and support resilient rural communities by investing in farmers and forest landowners. owners.
1: In regards to lower energy costs for Americans, a great deal of lower costs will come by way of rebate programs and tax credits to purchase energy-efficient appliances, make energy-efficient upgrades to homes, improve upon affordable housing to make it more energy-efficient, and to incentivize the cost of purchasing
0: electric vehicles new or used. In regards to energy security as a nation, much is incentivized for businesses and industry regarding the acceleration of production of solar panels, wind turbines, and other environmentally friendly energy solutions. This could come by way of tax credits or even grants to retool existing facilities to be greener or to help with the production of environmentally friendly energy solutions.
1: Decarbonizing the economy would mean substantially reducing emissions from electricity production, transportation, industrial manufacturing buildings, and agriculture. Like the two previous mentioned goals of the act, tax credits and grants are in play, specifically in regards to clean electricity, clean fuels, reduced industrial emissions, and efforts to create a stable market for clean products.
0: Environmental justice is an incredibly important part of this act, as data has shown that poor communities have faced a myriad of burdens as it relates to the environment, climate change, and health-related issues because of environmental factors. Along with some previously mentioned other parts of the plan that relate to environmental justice, this part of the Inflation Reduction Act ensures funding available for community and neighborhood-led projects that deal with public health in relation to climate change and environmental impact.
1: And regarding farmers and forest landowners, the Act places a great deal of importance on climate-smart agriculture, healthy, fire-resilient forests, tax credits for the development of biofuels, and conservation and restoration of coastal habitats.
0: There's a lot to be lauded in this act, but there are things that are definitely not perfect, and some that have been highly criticized, like new oil and gas leasing, which seems counterproductive to the fight of lowering emissions. There have been
1: arguments that the expansion of the fossil fuel leasing and drilling as a prerequisite to expanded wind farming offshore is a poison pill to the act and the planet, that our dependence on fossil fuel should be more aggressively turned off, slash turned down, rather than be allowed to continue. It is truly all of the above, which means this bill does not arbitrarily shut off our abundant fossil fuels, end quote, Joe Manchin.
0: Here are the positives that make this climate legislation so important to clean energy. There are 10 years of incentives and tax credits that allow major growth for this industry and a greater likelihood in the break with dependence on fossil fuels alone. Everything from solar to wind to large-scale grid power storage and the incentivizing of the purchase of electric vehicles is a giant win for the environment. The IRO, over drilling and leasing of public
1: lands for the next 10 years is being viewed from both sides. In the most negative, it seems counterproductive to have an environmentally friendly and renewable rich bill that also includes provisions for drilling to be married together. It ultimately feels counterproductive and dangerous to the path we are already on.
0: However, on the other hand, because the market for renewables and the availability of fully renewable power grids is not yet a reality, this makes unfortunate yet logical sense, as energy will need to come from somewhere. And this is not a unique problem to the United States, as the war in Ukraine has shown the European Union sanctioning and breaking with Russian gas and oil while scrambling to become energy independent and focus its drive more heavily on renewables. Clean energy and an independence from fossil fuels as our main energy
1: source, unfortunately, was never going to be so cut and dry. Infrastructure just isn't there and the priority hasn't been placed on the environment in a way that it should have been for the last several decades. Unfortunately, we have reached a point where there can be no more waiting and in an effort to better prepare for the future and stem some of the major impacts of climate change, this is a good first step.
0: This isn't perfect legislation, but it definitely makes moves towards a cleaner future, one with less dependence on fossil fuels. Hopefully, this inspires greater action and more investment in renewables in the future. For as we have seen too clearly and been told time and time again, the path we are headed down was one of doom. The environment and
1: climate should be prioritized. And despite rulings by the high court this past year, whose major questions doctrine highlights concern over economic and politically significant decisions, nothing coming down the pipeline could be more economically and politically significant than the utter collapse of biodiversity on the planet. Planet, and the suicide of our species, along with the homicide of every other species on Earth.
0: The sources for today's Trail Mix episode include the article The Supreme Court Restricts the EPA's Authority to Mandate Carbon Emission Reduction by Nina Totenberg, published on NPR. The article The Supreme Court's EPA Ruling Will Delay U.S. Climate Action by Alice C. Hill from the Council on Foreign Relations. The Major Questions Doctrine from Congress.gov. The article The
1: Climate Bill's Oil and Gas Provisions Are a Worthwhile Trade-Off by Samantha Gross, published by the Brookings Institution, and the Summary of the Energy, Security, and Climate Change Investments and the Inflation Induction Act of 2022 from democrats.senate.gov.
0: And now let's end this episode like we end so many of our episodes with a game. Okay, so I do
1: just want to say, I really do hope that we stick to this Obviously, we've passed this bill, but I'm hoping that it doesn't just die off and not do the things that it says it's
0: going to do. Yeah, there's a lot of provisions I think that no future president can undo that are in the law that are basically there. Uh, All right. So now that we've gone through (laughs) a Doom Spiral, let's end this episode on a little bit of a lighter note with a game. So this game is entitled Alternate Acronyms. And we've played a game like this before. Okay. So I'm gonna give you this is all climate related acronyms. Okay. Um, that you're familiar with. You'll actually get what the climate related acronym is, but I'm gonna ask you to through the clue reimagine what that acronym what the acronym, acronym could mean could mean okay. okay great okay great so the first is epa while the epa means environmental protection agency it could also describe consuming this round italian sauce and cheese pie by oneself what is eating pizza alone that's correct
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: what is tuesday night <laughs> right mhm for two The IRA. While the IRA stands for the Inflation Reduction Act, it could also describe astoundingly unique and hard-to-find keepers of records probably lost in library stacks, no doubt. I feel like the R stands for rare. It does. Astoundingly unique. What does the I stand for? Individual. Intrinsically rare. Okay. I'll take it. (laughs) Um, Keeper. Oh, accountants i could take that okay it was
1: intrinsically rare accountants is what uh, i'm going incredibly
0: for. incredibly rare archivist last oh. in the stacks no doubt archivist
1: oh yeah. my god mm-hmm. uh, i'm not gonna lie probably once every two weeks i'm like maybe could i, I be an archivist get <laughs> a master's in archiving because yeah. i love organizing that much do i
0: live for it okay okay All right, great great for three, while the CAA stands for the Clean Air Act, it also could, the Creative Arts Agency, <laughs> it could also <laughs> because des- maybe there are some people wrapped by CAA. It's true. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> it could also describe relaxed and dressed-down scholars who are trying to sell the university's goods to the highest bidder. Okay, um, let's see. Is it
1: calm academics auctioning? It's casual academics. Auctioning, okay, but I'm going to take the and dress down. <laughs> Relax and dress down yeah. could also be calm. They could be. Okay, yeah,
0: great. great. Good job. All right. CWA. While the CWA stands for the Clean Water Act, it could also describe a loud, boisterous group of servers saying sorry to the tables they've been attending to.
1: Okay. Well, I think the A stands for like apologists mm-hmm. or apologies or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, is it something with apologies?
0: Servers, a group of servers. Oh,
1: waiters apologizing. And if they're
0: loud and boisterous, what's a C word? Um, They could uh, also describe... Cacophonous waiters. (laughs) Uh, Apologizing. (laughs) That's right. You got it. (laughs) Ah, It's a vocabulary game, folks. It's so fun. I like it. Okay. And the last one. While SCODA stands for the screen... (laughs) <laughs> the, screen. the Screen Actors Guild Awards <laughs> is what it stands for. Well, SCOTUS stands for the
1: Supreme Court of the United States. And now for Best Ensemble <laughs> in a Decision-Making
0: Process.
1: Not SCOTUS this year. No.
0: No. It could also stand for Amusing Idiots Revealing, and here's a word that I'm giving you of the T, their Wicked and Sinful Bags of Bones or Secrets They Buried Deep in Their Closets.
1: All right. There are so many letters here. Yep. We're going one at a so time. So, Amusing... Uh, amusing, silly. Yep. Okay. Idiots. Um, starts with a C. Might also be an isle off of Greece. Oh, which uh, this word comes from? Oh God, idiots that starts with a C. Oh, I don't
0: know. It's sort of like chromagnum, but it's not. No, Cretans. Cretan. No, mm-hmm. I would have
1: never gotten there. But okay,
0: great. revealing. So silly Cretans. Yep, revealing uh, um, with an O opening. It's something we might do to ourselves when we're young, before we have allowed ourselves to be who we truly are. (laughs) Closeting ourselves. (laughs) No, it's an O.
1: Denying ourselves. No,
0: it's an (laughs) O. Orphaning ourselves. No, you know what it is. I don't know. I'm sorry. If your friend accidentally told your parents that you were outing. There you go. Outing. Okay. So hold
1: on. (laughs) Silly cretins outing there.
0: Wicked and sinful with a u unusual mm. <laughs> no um, that maybe, um maybe is sacrilegious as well could also be oh, used to describe it oh with a u.
1: god um uh obscene with a u <laughs> 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 if like i didn't know how to spell obscene it could be a can dusty spell is um, the
0: name of this game oh
1: god i don't um Unholy. Okay. Uh Wow. Okay, great. Unholy. And then wicked and sinful. Silly cretins outing
0: their unholy... Sinful bags of bones or secrets they've kept deep in their closet. Okay, here we go. Mm -hmm. Silly cretins outing
1: their unholy skeletons.
0: Which is how I feel about them. Which is why I wrote the clue to be like that. Oh, there you go. Yeah, there we go. Look at you. Look at you. And that's alternate acronyms.
1: This has been a bonus trail mix from Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast. And we're here to remind you to hike early and hike often, and that adventure is always out there.
0: And to stay tuned because season five starts in mid September. That's right. That's stay right. Tuned, everybody. Gaze at the National Parks was created and is hosted by us, Dustin Ballard and Michael Ryan. To see images from this episode,
1: follow our Instagram at Gaze at the National Parks. To contact us, email us at gaze at the National parks at gmail.com. And to find out more about the parks visited on this show, visit our
0: website Parks.com. that's Gaze G A Z E. all original artwork featured on Instagram on our website and in the Gaze shop is by me Michael Ryan all original music was
1: written by Dave Seaman and performed by Dave Seaman Mariella Klinger and Sean Sclios. our music producer is Skylar Fortgang this episode was edited by me Dustin Ballard
0: we would also like to acknowledge that while recording this episode that we were on the traditional and stolen lands of the Lenape people also known as Ocean County, New Jersey <whistles>